Finance for a Thursday afternoon with Stephen Pritchard. Thanks to our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. We are now joined by Henry Jennings, of course, Senior Commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Afternoon to you, Henry. How are you, mate? Good afternoon. How are you? Very well. And Stephen, of course, joins us. How are you, Henry? Good, Stephen. How are you? Good. You'll be busy there with the minimum of all these reports coming out non-stop. It's it's frantic. The last couple of days have been absolutely ridiculous. Yes. yes. Absolutely ridiculous. I I wish these companies would stagger them a little bit. I think sometimes they try and hide themselves um, amongst the the good news that they hide with the bad news. The really bad ones will be in two weeks, though. They've had some pretty shocking ones already, Stephen, to be quite honest. Yes. Um, Telstra has been uh, an absolute shocking result, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Domino's Pizza as well. So, so yes. we'll talk about later. Yeah, so is the Emperor starting to lose their clothes there at Domino's? Well, I've been down on the stock for a long time, and it has been just trending down and down and down. I, I don't buy the whole Domino's is a technology stock routine. Nah. It's, it's a pizza franchise. Yep. Let's get this right. It's a pizza franchise business. They have a master franchise, and they do it very well. Um, that is, until Fairfax uncovered all these problems that they potentially have, or alleged problems, I should probably say, uh, with their franchisees. But it is a franchise selling pizza. And I don't care where the bloke is that's delivering my pizza, what music he listens to, and where he goes at the weekend. I just really want my pizza. So I've never really bought into this whole you know, that's why it's a multiple of 70 routine, because it's a technology stock. Um, if you compare it to the UK Domino's, which is equally the technology stock, because they all have the same stuff, because it all gets rolled out across the Domino's platforms around the world, they trade on a multiple of about 28, whereas Domino's is on a multiple of about you know, 50, 60, 70. You know, pick a number, basically, depending on what year you want to pick. So, you know, to my mind, it's, it's got a little bit more downside to come, and we saw 15% knocked off the share price yesterday um, it has rallied today um, it's up around uh, 5% today but um, you know, it, that's, um, that's probably more the, uh, the traders just squaring up, taking their money it's been well shorted and very unloved mm. Yeah you're right I mean the, the Domino's Australia has probably got better investor relations people than the, than the, the UK firm Yeah but, well I guess that you know, we're, we're a small country we've only got uh, 25 million people in the country and it's easy to kind of stand out and you know a lot of investors I think forget that Domino's although it's a great Australian success story in terms of uh, taking on the world it is a master franchise it cannot take on all areas it is a, a sort of a function of Domino's in America and you know in Europe they've had to do deals with the UK business to expand their um, expand their their areas so it's not all um, pizza and skittles for Domino's by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and, and this problem they've un- this problem with under- alleged underpaying of uh, the employees and the franchisees, mm. this seems to be ke- becoming a common thing again, about, you know, in these franchise businesses. Well, I guess at the end of the day, the, the margins are so slim. If you're selling a $5 pizza and it costs you $4 to actually make it in terms of the, 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 the yep. contents of the pizza... It doesn't leave a lot for rent, electricity, all the other things, and, and wages. So mm-hmm. this, this is the problem. And uh, you know, franchisees uh, buy themselves a, a Domino's pizza site, and you know, hope they can make lots of money out of it. But um, sometimes, you know, you, you can have too many sites. You can be in the wrong place. Um, it's, it's hard. You know, there's, there's lots of pizza shops around. This and Pizza Hut is re-emerging yep. as the as decent competition. It sort of was was the one for a long time, and Domino's was very much in the background. 
pizza huts fell off the perch and uh, and was uh, very badly run and run into the ground almost. Mm-hmm. And with Eagle Boys, and now they've teamed up and they look as if they've. Mm-hmm. Now we've certainly got a shiny new pizza hut um, place in uh, in Newport on the Northern Beaches where I am. So you know they, there is competition coming. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And uh, Seven West Media's uh, earnings fell by, uh, <laughs> amongst other <laughs> amongst other problems we've got at Seven West. Well, I, I, I'm amazed, absolutely amazed that the CEO, Tim Werner, is still there. Um, it, it's astonishing. Um, free-to-air TV is a business that is in terminal decline. I, you know, it is it is a crazy business, and we've seen Channel Ten this morning come out with a profit downgrade as well. It's only a matter of time before Nine, um, still the one, uh, comes out with uh, with some sort of downgrade as well. I would imagine it, it's a tough business. Viewers just really have got a lot of choice now, and there's a whole demographic generational that is not looking at free to air television. Um, you know, for every Master Chef and all the other high profile, I'm a celebrity. Celebrity or degrade celebrity, get me out of here! Um, you know, it's who are these people on these shows? Who I don't know. People watch them anymore. Netflix and Stan. Stan's done very well um, for Fairfax, um, but um, you know, free-to-air TV terminal decline. The, t- the Channel Ten guy this morning is jumping up and down about government licensing fees and the media landscape needs to change, which is which is true. It does need to change to take into account the new technologies, but. It is a tough business out there to get eyeballs and advertising dollars on free-to-air television. Yeah, I mean, even I don't watch it that much. I, I notice my wife's mother's now, and she's 85, has now got Netflix installed. So you know. I think yeah. it's the, the way everyone's going, isn't it? I, don't, I can't remember the last time I watched free-to-air TV. Mm. Uh, I, I must admit, we did watch, because uh, my mum's over from the UK, I think we watched the news. And they have these strange things on which I hadn't seen for some time. They're, they're called adverts. I, I, I didn't think they existed anymore. But they were very strange. Well, you've got to you've got to get some money in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking, swapping to a company that's profits actually gone up. Um, CSL earnings were up fourteen um, percent, and, yeah, and increasing their dividend by ten percent. Yeah, CSL had a good result. Um, not unexpected, um, mainly because they did uh, flag it a little while ago. But uh, they reported a net profit of around 800 million US, which is pretty good, up 12%. Um, it, you know, at the end of the day, and I was on Sky TV yesterday talking about CSL. This is a quality Australian success story. This isn't a master franchisee. This yep. really is a genuine Australian success story. Um, they're a global behemoth in the blood business and every other kind of uh, derivative thereof um, in terms of. Uh, um, you know uh, some of their uh, treatments for various diseases and things, uh, and these guys, um, you know, there's there's rare opportunities to buy them. We did get one around ninety two, ninety three dollars yeah. um, a few oh, a month or so ago, um, but now here we are at one hundred and twenty dollars again. So um, there'd be a lot of people happy with this one. And you know, quality, uh, I guess there's that old saying that cream rises, um, and uh, CSL is one of those stocks that does so. Uh, if there is a chance to get it below a hundred bucks, and for some strange reason it's it's a quality stock, I would be uh, loading mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And today we are talking, uh, of course, with Stephen Pritchard. It's all part of Thursday Finance, and Henry, uh, Henry Jennings joins us uh, also this afternoon. Of course, he's a senior commentator with Marcus today. Afternoon to you, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Back, Henry. I'm so, back. 
So cochlear, which is a, which is another great Australian success story. Um, it is. They announced a profit of nineteen percent increase. Yeah, cochlear had another good result. Um, they are a wonderful Australian success story. They do have a few um, competitors now. I guess uh, that they're so successful that you're bound to get imitators, and they're having to see uh, some sort of uh, cheap knockoffs coming out of China, which is uh, hurts them a little bit. They do trade on a um, 31 times multiple, so it is still quite a ritzy multiple uh, for the company, but the, the figures were good. Uh, most people are pretty happy with them. They were pretty much in line. The stock has been bouncing about a little bit in the last few days, but it's been trending back up, and again, it, it, it's a quality stock, um, and it's doing a, a pretty good job, and you can feel pretty good, I guess, about being a shareholder in Cochlear for lots of reasons. Mm, mm, we've got a few clients who are shareholders. Are very yeah, happy. they'd be pretty happy, I'd imagine. Yeah. And so A2, which is uh, uh, produces that milk, um, uh, profit was up 290%. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. On demand uh, of, for infant formula. It was, it was a great uh, it was a great headline, um, especially then the, the, the actual the stock went down. Um, so um, it's, it's a great uh, great headline. They're doing very very well in China. Um, the stock eased back yesterday, and it's eased back again today. It's back down at 2.30. But having said that, it's had a pretty meteoric run um, since, uh, you know, just looking at the chart, it's doubled since June last year. Um, so, you know, it's not done too badly. But uh, there was a kind of a, um, a veil, a, a smidge of a veiled profit warning, I guess, uh, in terms of uh, A2 going forward. So just a few things to consider. Um, and we've seen with Bellamy's that... Uh, the environment in China can change quite rapidly um, mm-hmm. and, and quite um, detrimentally to some of these companies. So have to be a little bit careful, but it has been a great uh, story. And the great thing, I guess, about A2 Milk is that uh, it's not just a Chinese story. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of an everywhere story, and they're, they're doing quite well in the U.S. and the U.K., um, and also locally, of course, as well. Uh, so, so the bun fight's still going on at Bellamy's, trying to determine who's going to be the <laughs> resigning yeah. or carrying on. Or yeah, I, I have to say I, I've, I've lost a little yep. bit of interest um, yeah, yeah. In, in the whole thing. It's, um, it's, it's you know, the, everyone's just trying to protect their own jobs um, and their own positions. Um, there's, a, you know, there's been some uh, U.S. hedge funds that have been looking at it as well. So obviously, there's potential uh, takeover situation. There's extraordinary general meetings. There's, People resigning. You've got the Black Prince. You've got Jan Cameron. You, you know, it's there's a movie in this. I'm yes, sure, Stephen. Yes, yes, I'm sure there is, Henry. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> Perhaps we can get a government grant to produce it. Yeah, well, uh, as long as it's organic. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we could use uh, solar panels to run the video cameras. Um, yeah. CBA, CBA has announced a record interim profit and then turned around and put their interest rates up. Aren't they nice people? (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect from a bank? Um, Yeah, CBA, pretty much since the the Trump trade, as as it's been called, since Donald Trump was elected in the US, um, banking stocks around the globe have been on an absolute tear. Um, CBA is no exception. It was $72.00. Uh, back in November, it's now $85 nearly. Um, so it has done exceptional well. Figures of nearly $5 billion, record cash profits, um, a higher dividend of a $1.99. Um, certainly, um, you know, Ian Rev has been um, a, a very polished performer. 
and Commonwealth Bank still sticks out like the proverbial as the sort of the market leader. It does trade at a premium, which um, you have to um, you know you have to bear that in mind. But um, to the other banks anyway, but it has been a stellar performer. Whether it continues remains to be seen, but certainly you know all these U.S. Uh, banks are just extraordinary. The moves we've seen there—they're they're talking about no, you know, lack of regulations or regulations being wound back. Dodd Frank's, which is a separation of how banks do business, which is good for U.S. banks, and then we get dragged along on a comparative basis mm-hmm. in terms of valuations. I guess the big overhang with CBA is um, is the whole um, housing um, boom bubble, whatever you want to call it, uh, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, and it, how that unravels, or if it unravels, that is a risk. And we did see uh, some slight pressure on margins and a slight increase in bad debts, but they have done a great job in getting costs out, and you know they're going to make $10 billion this year, and the, the banking sector as a whole will make another $30 billion. Um, and one of the big concerns, they would have to raise money, and of course, if Mr. Trump um, is sending any signal to uh, to the regulators, it's uh, back off, we're going to make the banks profitable, and the, which will be good for Australian banks. Yes, and, and and the other thing that's kind of come out as a bit of a surprise is uh, EMS uh, uh, had better than expected uh, results in the half year. Love them. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they, they did. I, I guess it's, it's hard for these guys, uh, the chicken people. Um, the um, the results were kind of clouded a little bit by the, the uh, listing costs associated with the uh, their IPO at three dollars fifteen. The stock's hardly been a stellar performer. Um, you know, it's now three twenty-eight, so it's up sort of thirteen cents since listing. So it's okay. They said the company said they were on on target to uh, to meet their profit guidance in the prospectus, and they may have even hinted that they may beat it. But at the moment, um, certainly, you know, it's no, no great shakes, and you know, there's, there's bigger. I was going to say bigger fish to fry, but probably bigger chicken to fry. Um, or turkey, or turkey. Than Ingham's, we've had Telstra today, which is a pretty awful result. Yes, well, you know, if, if from my experience in Telstra, when you ring up, if they had someone to actually answer the phone, I mean, they they sent us a note the other day saying that we haven't paid the uh, uh, the bill, and when we rang up, they said, "Well, you've got a quarterly account." Well, we rang up and, and said, well, we haven't got the bill. And they said, well, you've got a quarterly account. We don't send them out anymore. <laughs> well, I know. I've, I've switched over to NBN with, with Focus. And for the last three months, every bill has been completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's just ridiculous. But obviously, there's some serious issues with the uh, whole NBN. And Telstra has had a, a, a pretty shocking result this morning. And, and the stock's back down to 495 And there's no real reason to be there. They're in a declining business. they send the invoices out that, that well that, that would help yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's always a good one, isn't it? If, if they do send the invoices out, they, they will probably get some money. That's right. Mm. Um, and then uh, speaking of something that's uh, a bit of fun as well is uh, John Bridgman, which is a small fund manager from Brisbane apparently, has yep. offered to stand in the market to buy uh, 20% of Hunter all at up to $2.40 a share. Yeah, so we've got that. three of them now fighting over Hunter. Oh, it's 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 like you know it's like three men, three bald men fighting over a comb. Um, it's um, it, it's been extraordinary the whole Hunter Hall thing, and it, it's all I guess um, come about because of this this massive dummy spit. I guess probably the biggest dummy spit in Australian corporate history, and um, certainly that I can think of from uh, from the uh, the founder of Hunter Hall, Mr. Hall himself, who. Um, somewhat strangely after Christmas decided to he wanted to bang out all his stock at a massive discount and of course this has really uh, put events in motion you've got Jeff Wilson from Wilson Asset Management who is trying to uh, extract the maximum value out of the global growth fund which was trading at a big discount you've now got this Brisbane investor you've got Pinnacle Investments in there and they're all bidding silly numbers um, uh, you know a dollar dollar forty dollar fifty and now we've got two dollars forty so um, you know, at least it's getting up there from uh, from the Brisbane guy. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun and games for uh, for the Hunter Hall shareholders. But it's as I say, it's all been predicated by um, by I think it's uh, Peter Peter Hall's uh, move mm. just after Christmas to to sell his shares Bizarre. to Sol Patterson for a dollar. They were trading at two sixty or something, then, weren't they? Yeah, no. I don't know why you would come back from your Christmas holidays and go, you know what, two sixties. Silly price. I'm going to sell them at a dollar. I mean, must, that's, must have been too for, much for, champagne. Well, for a fund manager who's supposed to have based his whole career on on value and 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 picking good investments, you would think that selling something for a dollar that's in the market at two dollars sixty mm. is not your greatest decision. No, that does feel like a bit of a brain snap. Yes, and so I'm sure we'll know more in the years to come. So one of the good things, one of the things you need to keep on top to make decisions is reliable information, and particularly with all these reports coming out, so they can get that off you, Henry. They can indeed. They can sign up for a a free trial at marcustoday.com.au, and and we'll hopefully try and. help people avoid the landmines in reporting season and help them make some money as well. Okay, and we'll be back next week to uh, hear some more words of wisdom from Henry. Thanks, Stephen. Okay. As we go to the phones, good afternoon to you, Alan. You've got a question for uh, Stephen. Oh, how are you going? Um, yes, I've got an uh, investment property mm-hmm. and um, I'm self-employed mm-hmm. and I was wondering, the, would it, and I'm 55, um, I was wondering if it would be worth putting investment property into a super fund. Okay, so what, what sort... And so, what are the advantages of it or disadvantages? Okay, so so you've already got an investment property. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So what, what sort of investment property is that? It? Oh, it's a house. Um, residential? A residential house, yeah. Okay, and you want to transfer that to a super <clears> fund? Well, I was wondering if it was worthwhile doing that. Well, so yeah, okay. I don't actually have a super. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, well, and I am contrib- contributing to it um, to okay. top it up okay. every week. Okay, but you can't. You you can't transfer residential property into a superannuation fund. Okay. Okay. The only asset you can transfer that you own into a into a, um, a, a self managed superannuation fund is um, business real property or listed securities. So other than that, um, you you can't do. That. And in any event, I don't know why you'd want to do that because you've had this property for a while. 
Um, yeah, probably for six years. Yeah. Okay. So if you if you you know even even if you could transfer it, um, once you start to move that ownership, you'd you'd be paying capital gains tax. And you'd, right, okay. and you'd be paying stamp duty. So, so the answer is um, uh, you can't do it, and I don't think it's a good idea, even if you could do it. Yeah, fair um, enough. So the other end, you know, the other thing you could, you know, you could you could look at um, topping up your super contributions if you're, uh, so you say you're self-employed. Yes. Okay, so you can contribute um, depending on your age, which category you fall in, to uh, up to thirty-five thousand this year and get a tax deduction for that. Yeah. Um, could I? Like, I don't actually have a, a super, but could I top up my wife's super? Well, you wouldn't. Uh, you you wouldn't necessarily get the tax deduction for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of public offer uh, funds around. Um, there's NSF up at uh, Charlestown Nationwide Super Fund, and I think they're in the top ten performers for the for the last six months. So you could go and see them. Um, they'll take okay. the money. Um, that's probably your <laughs> easiest solution. Yeah. Just on yeah, that, cool. Stephen, so you've got to actually buy the investment property through the super fund. Is that the way it works? Uh, if, you want to, if you want to invest in residential uh, property via your superannuation fund, it has to be a basically a newly acquired. It doesn't have to be a new property, but it has to be newly acquired. It can't be bought right. off, 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 off you or any of your associates and family and okay. related right. parties. So it has to be an arm's length. So you, know, you can go down to the local, set up your super fund, you can go down to the local real estate agent and buy a, uh, a property. Yep. Um, uh, you know, a house or a unit or something, but you can't buy it off an associate. Now, business real property is different. So if it's a shop, mm. um, you can buy it off your transfer yep. yourself. Yep. But, right. but it has to be done at market value. So you've got to go and get a valuation. You can't just put any number you like on it. Okay. Yeah. Shares versus property. What's better, you know, for, for a young budding man or for, for someone that's just retired thinking, how am I going to spend my money? How am I going to make money? I, I, think, I think the real answer to that is you know we we get people in all the time asking this, but I think the real answer to make it, me a millionaire, Stephen. The real answer to that <laughs> is it's what you're comfortable with. Right. We've got clients who've made um, a lot of money out of the property, yep. and we've got clients who've made a lot of money out of the share market. Yeah. And uh, the property people will say, "Oh, we, we only like property. That's all we're going to invest in." And 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 you probably you probably find that people who invest in the share market. Yeah. Will also invest in 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 properties mm. but people who kind of you know started off in property will only stick to property and, well, and, what, what's safer and I, and I suppose it's hard to say because if you buy shares unless those shares drop and you sell you know then you've lost money but if you hold on to those shares you you haven't really lost anything have you? i don't think there is a there is no answer about safer i think it, it's the same as property i mean yeah you know, there's been more money lost in property in australia than than the equity market mm. um and i think um it depends what sort of property you buy and against what sort of shares you buy. Yeah. Um, you know, property. Um, a lot of people don't appreciate the property. A lot of extents higher risk. I mean, if you go and buy a a, a rental property and it's costing you five hundred thousand dollars and and you're borrowing four hundred thousand dollars, that's more risk you're taking on there than going buy a hundred thousand shares because you're gearing up the property. Yeah. Um, you've got problems that the tenants don't come in yep. and if, you, if you've got no borrowings on a 100,000 a share portfolio well the only issue is the dividends don't get paid mm. so by structure, the way you structure things will increase your risk mm. um, the returns um, you know, people will argue that returns for um, share market are better than property market or vice versa yep. um, 
you can calculate the returns on the share market, but you can't really calculate the returns on the property market. Mm. And it's because, and I'll give you an example, a real life example of why you can't do that is down the road from my place, someone's bought a house um, for uh, 800000 They've They've bulldozed it down and they're building another place on there that's probably going to spend six or eight hundred thousand. So what gets recorded in the public database is the original sale of eight hundred thousand. Yeah. That's um, all it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Then they'll go yeah. and sell it for one point seven million. Yeah. And then someone will say, Well, the prices in Hamilton have doubled because they don't know what expenditures um, mm. incurred on the house. Mm. So uh, whereas the equity market you can calculate the index. Yeah. Um, yeah. um you need to to make a lot more borrowings. Usually, the average person to buy a rental property has a lot more borrowings. They take on a lot of debt. Um, properties are a lot more costly. I mean, you're paying your stamp duty to buy it, which um, you know on a million dollars is forty thousand mm. dollars plus your legal fees. A uh, million dollar share portfolio is probably only going to cost you ten thousand dollars to acquire. And when you sell it, um, you've got um, your agents' commissions, which are probably yep. two and a half or three percent. Yeah. Uh, same on an equity portfolio, you know, probably one percent to sell it. So your cost structure is different. Um, and the most important thing, of course, is liquidity. So if you're, if you're, if you're, um, uh, this is particularly for people who are retired. And I, um, if you've got um, one investment property for worth five hundred thousand dollars, and you need some money. Um, unfortunately, you can't sell twenty percent of a house very easily. So, an equity an equity portfolio, you can sell twenty percent. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's costs, you know, in in either way. In, there's in costs either in either way. Um, there's pluses and minuses yep. for each way. Yep. And it, as I said right at the beginning, it needs to be that you're comfortable with it. It's yep. no use you going into something to get the highest return yep. and you're going to leave sleep yep. all, all, yep. all night. And, and the main thing is we just we, we really just want a big return, don't we? Everyone wants a, the ma- Everyone the ma- wants money. Want the most return and take no risk, yeah. um, but it doesn't exist. The, the, the safest way to buy a property, Stephen, you know, uh, say you're, you know, you're, you're young, maybe you've just you got out of a relationship, is it in a trust? Is it in your super? Uh, look, you know, the, the trust will, the trust or the super fund will provide some protection. Yeah. But bear in mind, the family law court can make uh, whatever orders it basically wants. Mm. Um, you, the, the most important thing I would think is you need to keep records of where the actual money came from so, for for the repayments. Well, for everything. For, okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. so if you've acquired this asset, mm. um, it's my understanding how the family law court works is basically it's the assets at the beginning and the assets at the end of the relationship. Um, and this, like I said, it's in the quiet, may form part of the pool depending on the length of time. And, sure. But you, you need to be able to show, if you want to say that that's all been maintained by you, you need to keep the records yeah. to be able to prove that all those payments and whatever uh, have come from your pocket and not oh. out of the... Yeah, okay. All right, that makes sense. Thanks so much for your time today. You'll be back next week to do it all over again. Lovely. Have a nice week and have a great weekend. This has been, of course, Thursday Finance. We do it thanks to our sponsor, uh, Pritchard & Partners, here at 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.